Life Audio. In the past decade, the Action Bible has helped millions of kids across the world better understand the stories of the Bible. Through vivid illustrations and fast paced stories, children have engaged in God's Word like never before. Now in 2024, there is a new edition, Faith in Action Edition, with enhanced features. The Action Bible Faith in Action Edition has a new color design. 230 Bible stories and digital resources that will help kids grow in the knowledge of God's Word. These resources include hundreds of devotionals, prayers, timelines, maps, Bible facts, teaching videos, activities, and more. Additionally, kids will learn about seven major themes of the Bible, including courage, faith, hope, love, service, trust, and wisdom. The Faith in Action Edition is the most complete illustrated Bible for kids. You can purchase your copy today of the Action Bible Faith in Action Edition at Sam's Club, Barnes and Noble, ChristianBook.com, or wherever books are sold. No matter what you're going through, you are not alone. Sis, if you've experienced pain in your father daughter relationship, I want you to know that you are loved and seen. I'm Kia Stevens, host of the Hope for Women with Father Wounds podcast, and I created my show to help you exchange your father wounds for the love of God the Father. Join me for encouragement, wisdom, and scripture. Just search Hope for Women with Father Wounds on lifeaudio.com or wherever you get your podcast. You are listening to Real Relationship Talk, a podcast helping married and pre married couples build lasting love from above. Got problems? Let's solve them because real trials need real truth. Now it's time to get in the game with your relationship coach and host, Dana Shea. Hey, hey, everybody, it's Dana Shea, and you are listening to Real Relationship Talk. Y'all, I'm so excited because, as you probably just heard in the very opening of this podcast, Real Relationship Talk is now a part of the Life Audio Podcast Network. And I am so thrilled to be a part of this amazing network of other faith inspired podcasters. And so I'm going to tell you a little bit more information about that at the close of the episode, but just wanted to share some good news with you that God has just been smiling on this podcast. It is growing thanks to you guys, thanks to you sharing it, thanks to you listening in every week. And as I have said so many times, it is such a privilege and an honor for me to show up every single week. Y'all, we have not missed a week in almost two years. Actually, no, I'm sorry, almost three years. We started this podcast back in August of 2020, and we have not missed a single week. So I am so grateful for all of you, and I'm so grateful to the Life Audio Podcast Network. Well, today's episode is all about overcoming fear in your marriage. Now, maybe you're listening to this podcast and you're not married. This is still going to apply to you if you're in a relationship, if you're in a romantic relationship, and honestly, any kind of relationship, because fear shows up, doesn't it? It's like it's it's like a little、uh, a little homeless visitor <laughs> that shows up on our doorstep and barges its way in uninvited and unannounced. And yet we have to live with it. So, I want to be able to give you all some, some really practical tips today on first of all, why do we have fear? Where does it come from? Can fear ever be useful? And then, of course, how can we actually overcome this fear in our marriages and in our relationships? This episode was actually inspired by a DM that I received on Instagram. And I'm going to read to you guys this DM. 
I'm not going to use the person's name because it's a pretty unique name. And if you follow me on Instagram, you'll probably know exactly who this is from. So I'm just going to forego their name. But she says, hey, Dana, I love your podcast. I listen every week. I know that I'm supposed to love my husband, and I do, even though he betrayed my trust. But I am having a really hard time trusting him and feeling comfortable around him. My question is, how do I love him while still protecting myself? So y'all, when I read her DM, I think the thing that really stood out to me was this fear of being hurt again. How do I love him and still protect myself? So I want to talk about that in this episode. And and without giving all the goodies away right away, I do want to say that first of all, and this was my response to her, one is that love has boundaries. Love is not this like free for all where we just become doormats and where we just allow people to walk all over us and use us and abuse us and mistreat us. That's not love. There are times in a marriage and in a relationship where you are going to have to put up some pretty strict boundaries, depending on what has happened. In her case, her husband betrayed her trust. So obviously, there has to be some sort of protective mechanisms around the relationship, not as a punishment, but to protect not only her, but to protect the relationship, to protect the marriage. And that's what we're going to get into today. You know, I can talk about this topic from a very personal point because I have struggled with fear in lots of areas of my life. In my marriage, as a parent, as a mother, you know, as a friend, I've struggled with fear in a lot of ways for a lot of years. And I remember there was this one point in time, I remember like it was yesterday, I was sitting on my couch at our old house and I was in the middle of my first book writing project. And I started thinking about all the ways that this book project was going to fail. What if nobody buys the book? What if I suck as a writer? What if, what if, what if, what if? And it was so severe, y'all, that I didn't write for like weeks. I just couldn't find it in me. It wasn't writer's block. It was fear that had immobilized me because I began to dwell on the what ifs. And maybe you're not a writer, but surely you can identify with some point in your life where you have allowed fear to immobilize you. And that is how it damages marriages. That is how fear can literally destroy marriages. So many times people think that marriages are destroyed because of some huge breach, some big violation, infidelity, abuse, and those big ones obviously do happen. But do you know what destroys more marriages? Fear. There are so many marriages that end in divorce and nothing, quote, bad happened, but people were so guarded. They had their walls up. They were so afraid that they never really allowed their spouses in. And that really is the antithesis of intimacy. A strong, healthy marriage cannot survive without intimacy. Yet, intimacy requires vulnerability. Intimacy requires courage. Fear is the opposite. Fear is going to keep you feeling like my DM uh, friend here, that you have to protect yourself. And this is the deal, that if you spend so much time protecting yourself, then you're never going to be able to let love in. You're never going to be able to actually fully love because in the back of your mind, you're thinking, I'm not safe. And if we're not safe, we're not going to give our all. We're not going to give 100% of who we are to someone that we do not feel safe with. So I want to just go back in time a little bit to 
when Sean and I were going through our season of infidelity. I talk about this a lot because I can identify with so many couples and I get, y'all, I get emails, I get messages from couples, couples that I coach who are really actively trying to recover from infidelity. And do you know what is at the scene of every single crime? Fear. And I'm just tired of fear robbing relationships. I'm tired of marriages that are on the right path and they get sideswiped because of this fear. When Sean and I were going through our, our season, and if you don't know our story, I've talked about it extensively on this podcast, but you can go back to episode two where we talk about rebuilding trust, rebuilding us. I'm sorry, it's actually episode three where we talk about our story. And I remember very vividly when we had made the decision, you know, Sean was repentant, I was forgiving, and we were walking the steps out, like we were walking it out, right? And I was just so inundated with checking his phone all the time. I just had to know, like, what was going on, what was going on, what was going on. And it became like an addiction. Like, whenever I would see that phone, it was like, I had to check, I had to check, I had to check. And what I realized is that that was torment. I was literally tormenting myself because what if? What if he's not really sorry? What if he's really cheating? What if he's, what if there's somebody else? What if, what if, what, I mean, and then the wild, crazy thoughts, right? Like, what if there's a child out there? What if, oh my gosh, what if somebody knocks on my doorstep and they're this love child that he had out there from two, three years ago? And if you spend a lot of time in the what ifs, your mind is going to go off the rails and it will be tormenting for you. Now, maybe your marriage hasn't been through infidelity, or maybe you really haven't even been through a, quote, serious infraction in your marriage, but there are other fears that you have. As parents, I think we can all relate. What if, what if something happens to my child? You know, we hear about these school shootings, and immediately, I want to go pull my kids out of school. Every single time it happens, I'm like, nope, I'm homeschooling. That's it. Fear immobilizes us. And it gets us to the place where we become so anxious in our thoughts that we can't function. And I think that it's one of the enemy's biggest tactics. It's one of his greatest schemes that he uses to keep us out of joy, which we just talked about a couple episodes, right? With Nicole Jacobs-Meyer, we talked about finding joy. Well, fear, when you're struggling with fear, you can't live in joy. You can't live in peace. And this is why the enemy works over time to keep us in fear so that he can keep us from feeling that joy of the Lord that is our strength, so that he can keep us from feeling that peace that passes all understanding. So how do we overcome fear? Well, first of all, let's talk about the fact that fear is natural. Fear is a natural reaction to the unknown. There's nothing wrong with that natural kind of pause you're going into an unknown environment and you're feeling fear. You're like, okay, I don't know what to expect here. I don't know what's about to go down. And so sometimes fear can be protective. If you are in, um, let's say, a, a rough area, a neighborhood that you've never been in, and it's a neighborhood that's known for high crime, you would kind of be foolish to just, you know, get out of the car and waltz all around and leave your do doors unlocked. There are some fears that are kind of common sense. So fear can protect us in certain cases, but then fear can actually make us prejudiced in other cases. 
So same neighborhood, same situation, same scenario. You see someone who now your brain, your mind has been conditioned by society to believe is a danger. And then you become prejudiced to that person. That's when fear becomes wrong. Now let's, let's again, bring this back into the context of marriage here. Okay. You've heard about infidelity. You've heard about adultery. You've heard about abuse. You've heard about addictions. You've heard about these things that destroy marriages. So most of us have put some sort of protective barrier, i.e. boundaries, i.e. wisdom, i.e. accountability, right? Most of us have some sort of protective barrier around, hopefully you do. I mean, maybe you're listening to me, you're like, oh my gosh, I don't. Well, friend, let's, let's talk about that, okay? But let's assume that many of us have some sort of protective boundaries around our marriages, all right? Now, if we actually run up into a trigger, maybe something happened from a prior relationship or maybe your best friend just found out her, her, her husband was cheating on her, so now you're all triggered and afraid, then you're going to become prejudiced to your spouse's behavior, to their advances, to what's going on. And this is the thing y'all fear is also an acronym. It stands for false evidence appearing real. That word appearing is key. Think about every little kid who's afraid of the boogie monster, right? Is that a real fear? No, but it sure enough appears real to them. So fear is not always bad. Fear can be protective, but we have to be careful that we don't allow our protection to become prejudiced. Okay, friends, we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. In the past decade, the Action Bible has helped millions of kids across the world better understand the stories of the Bible. Through vivid illustrations and fast-paced stories, children have engaged in God's Word like never before. Now in 2024, there is a new edition, Faith in Action Edition, with enhanced features. The Action Bible Faith in Action Edition has a new color design, 230 Bible stories, and digital resources that will help kids grow in the knowledge of God's Word. These resources include hundreds of devotionals, prayers, timelines, maps, Bible facts, teaching videos, activities, and more. Additionally, kids will learn about seven major themes of the Bible, including courage, faith, hope, love, service, trust, and wisdom. The Faith in Action Edition is the most complete illustrated Bible for kids. You can purchase your copy today of the Action Bible Faith in Action Edition at Sam's Club, Barnes & Noble, ChristianBook.com, or wherever books are sold. Quick question. Would you consider yourself a founder, innovator, or trailblazer on mission to grow, show, and share your faith through creative pursuits like speaking, writing, or testifying? perhaps even as an entrepreneur. If the answer is at all yes, I'd love to invite you to my Audible gym, the Fit and Faith podcast. I'm Tamara Andress. I'll be your trainer. Don't worry, this isn't a sweaty fitness podcast. This is where you will be mentally, emotionally, financially, and spiritually flexing as we endure, shape, and sharpen our skills to be messengers for the kingdom. Let's get Fit and Faith. All right, you guys. So let's continue to talk about this because I think this is such a worthy conversation. It's something that if we are not careful, we will allow fear to creep up into our marriages and we will allow our marriages to disintegrate, to become disconnected because of all of these unspoken fears. So in order to have a healthy marriage, we have to walk in vulnerability 
but we also have to walk in courage. And you know that courage is not the absence of fear. It's just choosing to act in spite of it. So when I go back to my book writing fiasco, my first book that I that I published, I had to eventually say, you know what, Dana, this is crazy. No one's going to buy your book if you never published a doggone thing, right? Because you're sitting up here so afraid. So just write, just move on. That's courage. Just move on in the spite of fear and whatever happens will happen. Maybe in your marriage, you're thinking, you know what, I just can't, I just can't, I just can't trust my spouse again. And you're immobilized. Well, friend, there's going to have to be some sort of courage built up in you that say, yes, I'm afraid. And yes, my heart might get broken again. I mean, there's no guarantees, you guys. Love is risky. It, It comes with the territory. But there has to be something in you that says, I'm going to choose to move in courage in spite of my fear. The great British poet Alfred Lord Tennyson said, I'd rather have loved and lost than not to have loved at all. And I think about that. I certainly thought about that when I was going through my whole uh, infidelity season. Like, oh my God, what if this marriage doesn't make it? What if we actually become one of the statistics? And I had to settle in my heart that, you know what? It would have still been worth it. For me to go through the process of healing, for Sean to go through the process of restoration, for our marriage to be restored, it was worth it. Now, for some of you, you're going to realize that the pain of what you're enduring is greater than the hope that you have. And that's okay. Maybe your spouse is non-repentant, or maybe there's just been so much hurt that has happened in your marriage that you just can't recover from. And these fears are like little warning signals telling you danger, danger, danger. And we can't just run through the warning signs. That's not what I'm saying at all. If there is real evidence, right, you're finding out things, you're seeing evidence that your spouse is being unfaithful or there's some something else going on in your marriage that's like, no, this is real, then pay attention to that. Remember that fear is false evidence appearing real. So when you go to check the receipts, if you will, when you go to check for the evidence, there's really no evidence there. It's just kind of this like feeling, this fear that you have. That's what I'm talking about. That's what we have to combat. Okay, that's what we have to stand against. So there's all kinds of fears that we have in marriage. Some of us have, obviously, the fear of being hurt. And can I just lay that fear to rest? Can I tell you some really bad news, but it's true? You're going to be hurt in marriage. You're going to. Why? Not because your spouse is evil, but because anytime you open your heart up to another human being and give them permission, if you will, give them the ability to see you for who you really are, and you see them for who they really are, there's going to be some hurt there. There's going to be some unmet expectations. There's going to be some disappointment there. So if you're afraid of being hurt, just settle in your mind that at some point in your marriage, you're going to be hurt. And guess what? You are going to hurt your spouse. So there's nothing for us to be afraid of there. Just accept it. It's going to happen. It's a part of marriage. Now, what I am not saying is that abuse is normal and, you know, emotional dysfunction and all that. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is that in a normal relationship, hurt kind of comes with the territory. So you heal from it. You deal with it. You love each other in spite of it. You learn from it. You move on. Some other kind of fears, fear of rejection. That's real, y'all. Even in marriage, we're getting older. 
bodies aren't looking the way that they used to look. Stuff's not sitting up and tight where it used to be. And sometimes, y'all, we can feel like, oh, my gosh, does my spouse really find me attractive? Are they going to reject me? If I'm really myself, if I really show them who I really am, are they going to accept me? Fear of rejection is real. And many of us, probably all of us, have felt rejected at some point in our lives. So if you're not healed from that, whether it was rejection from your childhood or the kids at school, little terrors at school who rejected you, then you're going to take that into your marriage. That's a real fear. But it doesn't have to destroy the intimacy that you have. Maybe you have a fear of being made a fool of. Well, if I forgive my spouse, they're going to think I'm a fool. They're going to think I'm weak. That's a real fear. Maybe you have a fear of your spouse cheating on you, especially if you've been cheated on before. That's a real fear. Several of my clients have been in past relationships where infidelity, and guess what? They're in a marriage right now where there's been infidelity. Because, listen, if we don't heal from these wounds, we will inevitably attract people in our lives who will wound us in the same way. This is why, you know, this is not a plug for marriage coaching, but it really kind of is because if you can't get those wounds healed, then breaking up with your spouse and going on into another relationship is not going to fix it. You're just simply going to attract somebody else who's going to inevitably push on that same wound. So having a fear of your spouse cheating on you, having a fear of maybe losing yourself in your marriage, that's a real fear. A lot of guys deal with this. Like, I can't really give myself completely to my wife because I kind of got to, you know, can't lose myself. Women go through this too, especially if you're a high-functioning, uh, high successful woman, right? Like, what if I completely give myself into this marriage? Am I going to lose who I am? That's a, that's a valid fear. Many people have a fear of losing control, kind of along that same vein. Am I still going to be me? Am I going to lose control? I'm going to fall too hard for this person because I got to kind of stay in control a little bit. That's a valid fear. And then I think one of the most tragic fears is the fear of being fully known. This is at the root of all intimacy problems in marriage. Because intimacy, by definition, is being fully known and knowing fully. So if we're afraid to truly be known, I'm talking about all your weird stuff, right? All the stuff that you try to hide. When you're dating, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to let this person see that part, that part. But that has to come out in marriage because that's a part of who you are. So if you're still holding on to that because you're afraid, then you are going to not enter into that intimate place. Your marriage is never going to be fully what it can be if you're not allowing yourself to be fully known. And that takes a heck of a lot of trust. And it takes a ton of vulnerability to get to that place. But it's got to happen if you're going to truly have an intimate marriage. So now that we've talked about several fears that are present in marriage, how do we get rid of them? Is it really possible, Dana, for us to overcome fear in our marriage? Or it's just kind of like, you know, uh, just wishful thinking here. Well, I believe that it is absolutely possible. That's why I'm doing this whole episode. Because I believe that if we actually take these fears, we take inventory of our fears, then we make a decision. I don't want to live in fear for the rest of my life. I had to get to that point, y'all, where I was like, this is ridiculous, Dana. Like, you are afraid of so many things. And y'all, honestly, I still have some fears. I don't know if you remember, but last year I went to South Dakota. If you've been listening to the podcast a while, you heard this story that I shared uh, way back in, I think it was in September of last year. I went to South Dakota um, on a pastor's retreat, and we were ziplining uh, through Mount Rushmore. 
Yeah, sounds amazing, except when you have a fear of heights. And y'all, like I'm in, I don't even know how many hundreds and hundreds of feet up in the air, probably thousands of feet up in the air. It felt like I was in heaven. I mean, I literally felt like I was miles and miles off the ground and I had a full on panic attack on the zip line. And these wonderful women that I was with, they were so sweet to me and they, you know, prayed with me and, and y'all like, it was hot. I was way up in the sky. I thought I was going to die. Literally had a panic attack on the zip line. So what would have been this beautiful experience, you know, turned out to be like a horrible experience for me because of this fear that I have of heights. So I remember one of my sweet friends as we're like zip lining through the sky. She's like, Dana, isn't it beautiful? And my eyes were squeezed tight, y'all. So, I mean, I, I, I didn't see anything. I didn't see a tree. I didn't see um the sky. I did not see Mount Rushmore. Never saw it. The only time I've seen Mount Rushmore is on the internet, even though I literally zip lined right in front of it because of this crazy fear that had so immobilized me. So I had to get to the point now. Let me just give you give myself some credit here toward the end of the zip line. And we were up there for like three hours. OK, oh, my gosh. So toward the end, I actually started like getting it together. And then I started being like, OK, Dana, this isn't bad. This is kind of actually fun. And you know what the interesting thing about that is? It was fun all along, but I wasn't allowing myself to enjoy the fun because I felt like if I actually smile and open my eyes, then what? It's crazy, right? Like it makes no sense. But guess what? That's what we do in our marriages. I'm not going to actually enjoy my marriage fully. I'm not going to actually give myself to the fun of it. I'm not going to actually pursue full joy and intimacy because I've got to actually protect myself too. Yeah, when you say it out loud, it seems kind of psycho, right? So this is how we're going to overcome these fears, friends. Number one, we're going to acknowledge the fear is there. There's no need in denying it. There's no need in hiding it. If I would have been like, I'm not afraid, I'm not afraid, I'm not afraid, I'm not afraid. Well, I am afraid. So just acknowledge the fear. Hey, I'm afraid that you're going to die. Talk to your spouse, right? I'm afraid you're going to die early. I'm afraid that you're going to cheat on me. I'm afraid that we're going to fall out of love. I'm afraid that even though we're trying to have children, we're never going to have kids. I'm afraid that we're going to be terrible parents. You will be, but you'll get over it. You'll, you'll mess up your first two kids and then you'll, you'll figure it out. Let me, just, let me just set that fear to rest, okay? <laughs> but acknowledge the fear. Don't deny it. Don't hide it. Just speak it. Say what it is. Things become a lot less scary when we put them in the light. And that's what happens a lot of times. We try to ignore the fear. Or we try to deny it. We try to keep it in the dark. But it actually loses its power when we bring it into the light. So say it. Name it. Say what the fear is. That's number one. Number two, ask yourself, what's the worst that can happen? Like literally, I had to say, okay, what is the worst thing that can happen? My zip line can break. Oh my gosh. And I'm going to plummet to the ground and guess what? In like two seconds, I'll see Jesus face to face. Like literally, that's the worst that can happen, right? And then ask another question. This has helped me out in so many areas of my life. Ask these three words, and then what? And then what? So what if your worst fear in your marriage comes true? And then what? You'll survive it. You can make it. You're not going to die. Your life isn't going to be over if that worst thing comes to pass. 
So just say it. Okay, what if this horrible thing happens? It happened. And then what? And that brings us to number three, which is prepare for the worst. I know you're like, oh my gosh, this is supposed to be an encouraging podcast. I am trying to encourage you. Prepare for the worst. What if my spouse dies early? Get some life insurance. What if my husband cheats on me? Well, guess what? Get Schedule a call with a, with a marriage coach. Get you some books on how to rebuild after an affair. Go ahead and be proactive so that, God forbid, it does happen, you at least know the trajectory, the path that you need to get on in order to recover from it. Prepare for the worst. Because again, when we bring these fears into the light and when we see how really small and powerless they really are, they lose their power. When you keep it in the dark and you just keep asking yourself, what if, what if, what if, what if, but you never answer the question, and then what? You're going to stay stuck. So what I'm telling you to do is name the fear, acknowledge the fear is there, ask yourself what's the worst that can happen, and then prepare for the worst. Oh my gosh, Dana, is that having a lack of faith? No, it's not. It's actually called being wise. Now, I'm not telling you, go get a second uh, apartment and stash some money on the side in case your spouse cheats. I'm not telling you that. What I am telling you is to walk through in your mind this mental exercise about what happens if my worst fear comes true. What if someone breaks in my house? Well, get a gun. Get an alarm system. Get some mace. Get a dog. Get something so that you're not so focused on that fear. Prepare for the worst. The fourth thing, here's the encouragement, trust in the Lord. Now, I know that everyone who listens to this podcast, you're not believers, you're not Christians, but I'm going to tell y'all what, there's no way I would still be in my right mind if I didn't know that I could trust in the Lord. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding. What does that mean? That means don't think about the stuff that your mind can conceive. Because y'all, our minds, they will take you to some scary places if you let them. So there's no need for me sitting up here thinking about all these horrible things that can happen in my life when I can choose to just trust in the Lord. I can choose to believe that God loves me, that he's got his best interest at heart for me, that he's protecting me. And this is what I told our friend here on Instagram. Listen, if you believe that God is going to protect you, you don't have to protect yourself. Now, that doesn't mean that you become unwise. And again, you know, you you just throw all caution to the wind, but you don't have to spend all your energy trying to protect yourself. Y'all, I don't know if Sean will ever cheat on me again. I don't know if I will ever cheat on him again. I know that y'all are like, oh my God, don't say that, don't say that. But it's real. I don't know what somebody else is gonna do. Now, I know what what I put obviously boundaries and barriers and and I am a trustworthy person so I can sit here and confidently say that is not something that I'm going to do again but if it happens I'm not going to spend my life trying to worry about it I'm going to trust in the Lord he's led me this far he's not going to stop now so you're going to have to make a decision you're going to trust in yourself you're going to trust in the Lord I'm just going to go to sleep at night. I'm going to get me some good rest. I'm going to wake up. I'm going to have the joy of the Lord. I'm going to live at peace with everybody. I'm not going to be worried about what people are trying to do. Is this person trying to scheme? And is that person not like me? Is this person trying to steal from me? I'm not worried about that. I'm going to trust in the Lord. I'm going to let the Lord handle the folks that he needs to handle. And I'm going to go and live my life. Number five, renew your mind. 
our minds can go to some scary places, like I just said. And if you feed that fear with stuff on TV, with music, with friends, like you got to guard what comes into your mind. So I don't hang around people who are constantly feeding my fears. I don't watch TV with stabbings and shootings and, you know, women being assaulted and all that mess because that can trigger fear. I don't watch the Discovery Channel with people ziplining through Mount Rushmore because that can trigger a fear, right? No, I'm kidding. But seriously, though, like, what are you allowing into your mind? And then you have to renew your mind. Three of the best ways to renew your mind is with the word, worship, and your own words. With the word of God. If you're not a believer, I mean, I just feel like you're leaving valuable stuff on the table. The word of God is my greatest weapon. I feed my mind every day by reading my Bible every single day. I've got to. I will not survive in this world without it. I just can't. Worship. There's nothing like putting on some worship music that is feeding your spirit. There's a story in the Old Testament where King Saul was out of his mind and he would call for David, who was not a king yet, but David was a minstrel. He played an instrument and he would come and he would play the harp and just that music would soothe King Saul's mind. Y'all know that because you know that when you're going through stuff in your life, you need a certain kind of music. Hopefully you're not pulling to the depressive, angry music. Hopefully you're pulling to some kind of music that's encouraging your spirit, that's lifting up your soul. So worship, that renews your mind. And then finally, your words. What are you speaking out of your mouth? Are you speaking things that are um, giving life and that are giving you hope? Or are you coming into agreement with the fear? Oh, yeah, you know, oh my gosh, you know, my parents were, they always struggled with money. And, and I know just, you know, we're, we're probably never really going to make it. And we're probably always going to have debt. And are you speaking that way? Because if you're speaking that way, then expect what you speak. Expect it. But I'm not going to speak words that are going to align with my fear. I'm going to speak. This is why God's word is so powerful, because I can speak his words. And I don't know about you, but if the creator of the universe spoke something and it happened, I think I would be wise to take his words and make them my words. So renew your mind. This is how we overcome fear. This is how we fight. I want to leave you with one of my favorite scriptures out of Psalm 34. I think of this scripture often when I'm afraid. And it says, I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him for help are radiant with joy. Their faces are never covered with shame. What does that mean? Their faces are never covered with shame. It means that they don't walk around afraid and ashamed about what has been done or what might happen because they have chosen to trust in the Lord. And so their faces are radiant. You can look in my eyes right now. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can look in my eyes right now. There's no fear in my eyes. Does that mean that I'm never afraid? No, of course. Like I said, sometimes fear is protective. Sometimes it can be a good thing. But I have chosen, and really, friends, that's what it is. It's a choice. I have chosen not to allow fear to run my life, not to allow it to run my marriage, not to get in the way of my intimacy with Sean, not to get in the way of my relationship with my children. 
I've just chosen not to live my life in fear. It sounds so simple, because it is. But remember, simple isn't easy. But I've given you five tips here on how to overcome fear. So I want to know which of these five tips are you going to start with? What's an area that you're like, okay, I need to do that. Maybe you need to acknowledge your fear. Maybe you've never acknowledged it out loud. Maybe you need to prepare for the worst. Maybe you need to ask yourself, okay, and then what? Maybe you need to renew your mind. Maybe you got some stuff that you're listening to and people that you're surrounding yourself with and media that you're consuming that's feeding your fear. It's time for you to let that stuff go, my friend. And then maybe you need to trust in the Lord. You need to get in his word and you need to allow him to speak to you. So I want to encourage you all to get rid of these fears. I actually did an episode way back in the very beginning of this podcast. Uh, It was episode 14 on how these hidden fears are ruining your relationships. And I talk about a lot of different fears that are specific to marriage and relationships. So go ahead and listen to that episode if you haven't already. Or if you want the free ebook, I actually put together an ebook on the five relationship mistakes that are ruining your marriage. Get that ebook. It's totally free. It's not long at all. You'll be able to read it in 15, 20 minutes tops. And so you can get your ebook at danashay.com forward slash relationship mistakes. That's Dana Shea, D-A-N-A-C-H-E dot com forward slash relationship mistakes. Well, I just want to take a second right now again to just thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership on this podcast. At lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in our network on all things like prayer, parenting, Bible studies, and so much more. I'm so thrilled to be a part of this network, and I am so thrilled that you stayed to the end. I hope that this episode was inspirational for you, encouraging for you, inspiring for you, and I want to ask if you would share this episode. I know that you've got somebody in your life who's struggling with fear. They need this. So you will be their best friend if you share this episode with them. And if you have not already written a review, my friends, please take the time to write a review for this podcast. It helps the podcast to grow and be seen and found by others, but it also just makes me feel good to know that I am in the zone and that I'm giving you guys inspiration where you need it the most. Well, as we like to end every single episode and say, A good relationship is not one that works. A good relationship is one where you put in the work. Let's get to work, my friends. Show notes for this episode can be found at realrelationshiptalk.com forward slash episode 138. Thanks so much for being here. I will see you all next week. Take care. Thank you for listening to Real Relationship Talk with Dana Shea. Find the show notes, helpful articles, and more relationship tips at realrelationshiptalk.com. Enjoying the show? Be sure to rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And remember to subscribe. We'll see you on the next episode.